When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Playlist Podcast and all other Playlist Podcast Network programs are sponsored by MUBI, a curated online cinema streaming a selection of exceptional independent, classic, and award-winning films from around the globe. MUBI's film experts handpick every film they show. Each day they present a new gem and you have one month to watch it. Plans start as low as $5.99 a month. Visit MUBI.com slash The Playlist to start a special 30-day free trial. Movie's current highlights include 13 Samedi, um, which I, I can certainly vouch for is a pretty one of the most tense uh, experiences I've ever had uh, at the movies. So if uh, you get a chance to to check this out, uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, they also have Paul Shader's Affliction, um, The Crime of Monsieur Lange, and finally David Lynch's uh, masterwork, I, I, in, in my opinion, is uh, Mulholland Drive. Um, so definitely check out, they got a great, great selection over there this week at Mubi. So once again, visit MUBI.com slash the playlist to start a special 30 day free trial. Now onto the show. You're listening to the playlist podcast, a discussion about film news and other related film and television items. I'm Ryan Oliver, and today I'm joined by Playlist Editor-in-Chief Rodrigo Perez to discuss the two-part finale to David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks, The Return. There's a lot to unpack from these two episodes, as well as the series as a whole, so forgive us if our brains are a little fried from this experience. Uh, Without further ado, I'll now drop you into our conversation about this groundbreaking season of television. So yeah, Twin Peaks ended last night as as we're recording this. where where do we start even uh how do we get here what what year is it rod what do we do do? (laughs) uh that's a good question i mean yeah i mean this is like such a staggering groundbreaking piece of like work a piece of television i feel like you know this blows the ending of the sopranos right out of the water um it, it, it has been a, a landmark of, of television and cinema. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were dumbstruck last night. A lot of people were uh, baffled. A lot of people were frustrated um, and upset. And, uh, I mean, you could start there. Uh, there's so many places you can start. Um, certainly, you know, one of the things you and I talked about off mic is that um, – this is David Lynch. What were you expecting? And I don't mean that in the sense that like David Lynch is weird, man. His stuff's crazy. But like, um, you know, he's been he's been in the uh, as we discussed is, is the last three films of his career: Lost Highway or Mulholland Drive. Lost. I can't remember the order, but Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive, and and Inland Empire were breaking down, you know, narrative and, and linear narrative in in, in, a, in a completely uh, forced way each one was was sort of pushing the envelope even more until the point that like you know inland empire was like um sort of like beautifully inscrutable and uh so you know i i don't think there should be a surprise that by the time you get to um you know twin peaks which is i think 11 years after um 
Inland Empire, uh, that uh, that it's a little bit uh, oblique. <laughs> right. No, I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. And I feel like, you know, it, it's like you said, it's not just in the way that David Lynch is like his stuff's crazy and weird, but it's it's always about the the for him. It's always about the journey. And it's always about the feeling that he leaves you with. It's, you know, it's not all about the clear answers. And so I, I feel like maybe, which oh, I don't even know. I, I feel like even, yeah, I don't know how you could watch this entire series and expect a clear cut answer, but maybe because the original run of Twin Peaks was maybe the most palatable thing he's done. Maybe people were expecting uh, something a little bit more clear. Um Though I have to say, at least for me, um, I don't know about you, I feel like the ending is, um, well, not, it, I mean, it's not clear by any means. Um, I feel like you could read into it pretty well. Like, you could read into it as a pretty, like, definitive closure or, like, a yin to the yang of, and I mentioned this off mic, uh, a yin to the yang of Fire Walk With Me, which played heavily in last night's uh, episodes, but that that movie ends after Laura it has been killed by Bob, by Leland, um, ends with her in the Black Lodge with Cooper, um, and she sees the angel that disappeared from a painting that she has, and there's, you know, soft lighting and this, you know, music playing that, like, it's it's depressing because she had just been murdered, but there was mm-hmm. this sense of, like, sort of sweet release in death to that character that she's finally mm-hmm. free of this thing that's been haunting her and i feel like the end of this it's like you know the the ta- it's right there in the tagline for the show it is happening again and so by pulling her out of her fate pulling her out from this fate that she was destined to have mm-hmm. it just throws this whole cycle out of balance and and i feel like it's it's like the opposite it's like now it's an even darker ending for that character because now she's lost lost in time with an identity that was like we don't know if that's actually Laura Palmer or not but we can assume so cuz it's Cheryl Lee but I, I don't know there's a lot to a lot to pull from from that why don't you like try and specifically specifically unpack that then and kind of like this is what I, this is my theory because I, I see how you're alluding to things but like why don't you go and and because I'm curious to where you're going with this too. Sure, sure. Uh, I guess my theory, and and the, like I said, it's it's hard to hard to fully unpack it. Totally, totally. <laughs> but, I mean, just go for it. And and I and in some regards, I think yours is going to be a little bit more uh, clearer than mine because you just really rewatched Firewalk with me. You said on on Friday, and I haven't watched it since like I believe 1994 or whenever it came out. Sure. And uh, um, probably some of this stuff's a little bit more clear in your mind. Yeah, it's a little. It is a little bit clearer. Um, so I, I think that. Oh God! Now I gotta gather. Gotta gather these thoughts. Yeah. I know, um, right? So so he pulls her out. So we in in episode seventeen, the the penultimate episode, she's pulled yeah. out. Yeah, she's pulled out. Uh, we're revisited the night that she's killed. Um, what do you mean by pulled out though? Just so you know, so the audience is like. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we've clearly gotten into spoilers at this point. We'll mark yeah. something at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> so, so Cooper going through, I think through the White Lodge, and into the past. He ends up current day Dale Cooper ends up in like February fourth, nineteen eighty nine, the night that Laura Palmer was killed. He ends up there. <laughs> And after she uh, has a fight with 
James, and she's about to head to the cabin with Leo and Jacques Renault, where she, mm-hmm. and, you know, meets her fate. She finds Cooper in the woods, and uh, he says, "We're we're going home," and takes her by the hand through the woods, and then we're, we're and then it cuts us back to the pilot episode, yep. and yeah, like archival footage. Uh, from the pilot episode and her works beautifully. It's so beautiful. Yes. And, and then we see her body erased, completely disappeared. Her dead body, her dead body. That's what I mean. Her dead body. So she is in this timeline now, no longer dead. Yeah. She's like, he like, she's unkilled. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's unkilled. It becomes rewritten. And then, and then it gets complicated from here because then he ends up in uh, he's pulling Laura around and then she disappears on him. And then you just he loses hear her that, in the kind of, in the kind of time stream or whatever the hell it is. Yes. And he ends up back in the Black Lodge and then comes out, sees Diane, the real Diane, who we've got mm-hmm. back. Um, and she she double checks. She's like, are you the real Cooper? Uh, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. And then they go on this other time spanning, what seems to be, so there were two sets of coordinates, right? And I feel like the, where Coop and Diane went to was one of those sets of coordinates that Major Briggs had found. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but I feel like that's what happened. Was there three sets of coordinates all, all in total? You might have been. I know I know. Uh, Dirty Dale had two sets, or he had three sets and two of them were the same, I think. And that's right. where- that's, that's what it was, right? There yeah. was- Three of them, two of them were the same, and one was like this sort of variant one. We discovered, I believe, in episode 16 that one of them was sort of like, a I don't trap. know if it was a, a tree, yeah, like a trap, and it kills his son, Richard. Mm-hmm. Yep, which, um, which is a satisfying uh, moment for that to, yeah. to happen because that character sucks. And so that happens. And then there's the other set, which I wasn't totally sure if that was the other set that good coop and diane went to or if that's they, what they bad... kind of right they drove through right that they kind of drove through they ended up at this hotel um they have sex and then all of a sudden diane is gone has a note that says uh for richard uh, which from is, linda right right isn't that like one of the most key things going yep. on here that was the opening episode of the season the giant said remember right. this richard and linda ten thirty a.m two birds one stone um, so I don't know if that's like a, like a merging of two people, like, I, cause Diane disappeared. Did they Well, merge? remember, let's, let's like, um, while we're here, let's tie this together that at the beginning of episode 17, um, in this big expository dump, which is kind of funny because you don't expect that from David Lynch at the same time, it's kind of necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cole, David Lynch the FBI head says he's explaining everything to um, Albert and the other um, a female agent whose name I forget. I know the, the actor is Christabel. I just can't remember. Yes. Tam- Tammy, Tammy's Tammy, Tammy, Tammy. That's yeah. right. So he says to them, he, he, he gives his sort of reveal, his revelation, like Albert, I kept held this thing from you from 25 years now. I'm sorry. It was a secret. And that, um, you know, Cooper and Bri- Briggs came across something that was, you know, um, Judy, essentially, um, this is all so hard to keep track of. I know, <laughs> but um, and, and, and in the way, explain it too, right? So, Briggs came across something. He t- told it to Cooper and uh, 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 Cole, and what he found was Judy, the entity, 
And um, so then remember, it's getting to this point, sorry, is that Cooper tells Cole and Cole recollects this to the others. He says, the last thing that Cooper told me was if you get lost, keep trying to find me because I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone. That's right. right. And so that ties into the at the the giant, the beginning of episode one says, you know, Richard and Linda, two birds with one stone. Right. So Richard and Linda are presumably the two birds that that are that Cooper is trying to kill or or find or discover. And um, so we learn who Richard and Linda is. Richard is um, bad Cooper's son. But then we discover later on, after they have sex, that maybe he's not. And, you know, we've got uh, Diane, who just has sex with um, uh, Dale in, in, the, in the hotel, in the motel. And then she signs off her letter as Linda and calls him Richard. Well, now and that – and now because in this, what Coop thinks is who is Laura Palmer is actually this gal, Carrie – Whatever timeline, universe, whatever you want to call it, because because we've been dealing with doppelgangers this entire sure. series, and so I feel like this is almost some sort of alternate alternate deal where in that world, Coop is Richard, Diane is Linda, Laura Palmer is Carrie, so on and so forth. Interesting, interesting. So essentially, you're you're saying, and and he alludes to this. He alludes to this, but once they get to the, let's say, let's just call them the coordinates, they get to that spot. He, he says, remember, everything could change from here. Mm-hmm. They sort of drive through this, um, drive past or through some coordinates and, and end up in what appears to be like another, I don't want to say just timelines, because I think timelines are still too linear. That's true. And that but, we're not um, dealing with that with in this world anyway, but it, but it's something, it's something. It's certainly yeah something. no no it's certainly something different. I just want to say kind of like for the record that like you know if you would break it down and be like hey here's timeline A B and C mm-hmm. I, that's to me it's still too linear in the way that, that I think David Lynch works True. to me like time is like sand in your hands and like you're trying to like keep it there it's it's watch or, or or like water poured on your hands it's just so fluid and it's so um it, it uh, it's I think it's um, Nonlinear in a way that we're not even just used to thinking. Sure. You know? Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Okay, but look, say let's say we he goes through. Uh, they drive through the thing, and and so your theory is that they, kind of in a way, become new people in this in this timeline. Right. For whatever um, reason, Cooper's woke to it, but, but it seems to be t- seems to me that the evidence is pointing that because of the everything can because he mentions everything can change and the no and the you know, the Carrie character, I, I, I do think that, you know, that they, they have essentially become different people through the, through the gate. That's interesting. Um, but uh, clearly different people who are still conscious of who they are. Right. Exactly. Uh, because uh, I mean, whereas, I don't but, want but to jump ahead. Yeah. Because, but Laura is not really conscious of who she is. Right. And I, they are, it, through most of it, yes, they're aware who they are. Um, I mean, it's definitely open-ended. You know, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we still got to unpack a decent amount from there. But it isn't totally clear that she doesn't become conscious at the end that to who, to who she really is. Right. Okay. So before that, 
there's the other thing, you know, they talk about Judy, right? And there's just been this whole thing of who Judy is. Judy is first mentioned, I believe, in Firewalk with Me. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Philip Jeffries when he comes in, long lost. And it's a, and and it's a throwaway line. Right? It is. He's like, we're not going to talk about Judy. He's like, I'm not going to bring up Judy in this conversation. And then he and then he disappears completely. He's gone. Right. Um. So, yeah, it's a throwaway line, especially, you know, that movie came out in 1992. You're like, who the fuck is Judy? Like, it doesn't really, you know, it isn't a big deal then. Um. Right. It's and, just a total, like, it could be, and it's like, that I mean, again, I'm maybe going to tangent over that kind of blows my mind in the way that like this was like, you know, uh, that was about what, 22, 23 years ago. And like he the way they just like the tapestry of this thing, like the, the immense size and how like these little threads all of a sudden become, you know, these major massive things. Right. Yeah, it's it's impressive and it doesn't feel forced either. Like that's the other thing I have to really commend it. Like it feels very like it, it feels like it was deliberate and that it all, you know, fits. I mean, fits as much as it can. Um, but it just it doesn't I, I, I never once did I go that doesn't that seems illogical. Um even within the world that it sets up. It just it even within the logic yeah, defying world. Exactly. Even yeah, even defying the logic within that, I'm like, oh okay, that makes sense. And maybe because of that, I, or in spite of that, I'm like, oh well that makes sense because how you know, it's hard to totally make sense of it. But but either way, so Judy's made it a big deal. And it's this Coop or Richard, depending, uh stumbles across this diner called Judy's. Um and for a split second, I don't know about you, for a split second, I wasn't totally sure that uh, he was the good Cooper for a second. Oh, uh, the way the way that he takes those guys out in the diner. Um, but obviously, we've seen bad Coop. He would have just straight murdered them if that was the case. So, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that threw me off. So he's asking the waitress at Judy's, asking if another waitress works here, um, says it's her day off, actually been her third day off. Um, so he tells the, he tells a couple of ruffians to stop harassing this waitress. He gets in a tussle with that, gets the address for this other waitress, goes to her address and open the door and it's Cheryl Lee. Um, but she's playing this character, Carrie Coop says, I'm the FBI. I think you're Laura Palmer. And she's, she, she won't hear it. She's like, she's like, no, that's not, that's not who I am. Um, but, right, but isn't it before that, isn't it when he's saying like, you know, mentions Judy, we won't talk about it. He sees a sign. Isn't that the way, like she's the Judy that's been mentioned all along. So it's like Judy who transforms into, uh, like who was always Laura Palmer, who is always Carrie page. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of like this sort of strange, you know, it's mentioned in firewalk. I mean, we won't talk about Judy. I guess you can't say that, that Laura Palmer is Judy because, her she claims to be this person called Carrie Page, but I feel like it's I don't know these these uh, little breadcrumbs that have like led led him to her. Absolutely, no, for sure. And uh, well, I mean, it's the same similar to Lost Highway in that way. I, I'm trying to remember the her character's name, but Patricia Arquette's two characters. Like this person's always been this person, and so on and so forth. Right, he's played with a lot of the, those ideas of both. right identity and doppelgangers so, who we really are who we really think we are going back for just one quick second remember uh cole tells him that judy is an evil entity right? right so this is what he says to to um 
Albert and Tammy. He says, like, you know, and, and Jow, Judy was known as Jowdy in the old days, right? That's what he says. And, right. and that she's an evil entity. So then we go back to Firewalk With Me, and then that bounces over time past everything into this new future, whatever it is, with Cooper finding the um, – the, the the diner called Judy's. So, you know, is Carrie Page or whoever she is? Is that the is she the evil entity that he's talking about? And was Laura Palmer that evil entity the entire time? That is also, I mean, that's a completely valid point. Uh, one thing we should also mention: getting to when Coop meets Carrie, we're introduced to. We're introduced to a dead body inexplicably yeah. in her with, with the throat like slashed. Um, mm-hmm. So there, and there's also like a, you know, evil, evil Laura Palmer doppelganger potential to that. Character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's definitely reading. Uh, he also notices a white horse, uh, which we saw a white horse when uh, Leland, Bob Leland uh, killed Maddie, I believe uh, Laura's cousin from season two i believe um so because and so that also comes back into play because this the uh and sorry to bounce around the julie cruz song the world spins that plays at the end of episode 17 is from that episode that we discover that leland is the killer and the giant emerges it to coop at the roadhouse when that song is playing and says it is happening again Mm, nice. So so, nice so there's so there's a tie-in there. You get the white horse in the apartment. Um, you have the the song. You have the giant, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to bring it all the way. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it around in a way that circle makes back, sense circle and, back. and is satisfying. Well, here's a thought. It's all happening again, but given the timelines and everything. And how it ends? Is it always happening? Is it, it is it constantly happening? Will it be? Will it like some sort of echo, just constantly happen and in different forms and different shapes? And this sort of like nightmarish um, horror that will just um, keep transmuting over and over and over again. Like, is Cooper the Lost Man in Time sort of bound in this? horrible space-time tragedy that that will just never um conclude and never finish and never solve itself i think that's a val i mean i do i do think that's what... and i'm not trying to break brains here I'm i like... know you're not but i but i think that's a valid point because because again I, I i think it's i think it's all there in that tagline and you see all the different parallels you know not just like the ending parallels you see, you know, parallels to the um, to um, Bobby and Shelley's daughter. Like you see parallels to from her to Laura Palmer. Uh, mm-hmm. You see parallel. Yep. You see all these different character parallels that are happening uh, in this series that happened with the original series. Um, and I do, th- yes, I think that because this world is not bound by time and space, it's just a continuous like feedback loop that's going to happen. And I think Coop. Coop is doomed to never right, to solve repeat this, this over, to, to repeat yeah. this. Yeah. To never solve this. Like, you know, it's like he failed, like there's like a sense of sad failure to it. Like, you know, fa- failing 
Laura in death in the first series and then mm-hmm. failing in this series. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's bound to happen. And it's, and that picture <laughs> and that picture of Laura Palmer is doomed to haunt. I think everybody involved, uh, period. I like it already. Right, because does. everybody failed her. Everybody failed her. Right? I mean, yeah, even I like, like the, you think about the community twin peaks as a whole. Yeah, they failed they, her. They took. They looked. They completely looked the other way. Like you see that yeah. in Fire Walk with me. It's like you, you see. Yes, she's the prom queen. Yes, she, um, you know, does community service for Meals on Wheels. Yes, she's this embodiment of like, uh, young perfection on the outside. But right. you know, everyone knew. It's it feels like that thing. It's such a tight knit community. Um, and you know. Being from a small town in the Pacific Northwest, I can vouch for that. Being like everyone's tight knit, everyone's in each other's yeah. shit. Nobody is, um, you know, people. People are always nosy. They're in each other's stuff, and they fa- they failed her by just choosing to look the other way. And so everyone is dealing with that, and everyone who comes in close proximity with her are also going to have to deal with it, and that includes Cooper. Right. Okay, so where were we? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, where were we? Uh, we were okay, so we were at her. We get to, we get we get to, to Carrie's. Carrie, get to, Carrie Page. We get to Carrie Page, who is maybe Laura Palmer or maybe a new form of Laura Palmer. Right, but she is there is some connection there. Um, right, it's the same actress. It's yep, same probably. actress. So we get there. Uh, she tells Coop. Uh, she said, normally I would tell you to fuck off. Normally I would slam this door in your face. Right. But I need to get the hell out of Dodge. Um, and, you know, presumably it's because of that dead body in her seat. Also, the first thing she says when Coop knocks on the door and he says FBI, she goes, did you get him? Who is the him? We don't we don't know who the him in that situation mm. is. Um, so that's that's a whole nother can of worms. So but she goes so she decides to go with him from Odessa, Texas to Twin Peaks, Washington. Um, and this just very like haunting 10 minute car ride like the i mean the scene's 10 minutes long but like it's it's in the yeah, it goes it's it's interminable and, and and it just it's pretty quiet and comfortable and silent and and the driving is very reminiscent of lost highway and absolutely uh and then we have little details like she notices there's a car following them for part of the mm-hmm. way um and she mentions and and, and maybe because i was watching it kind of quiet last night because it was late um, she has a scene where she tells Cooper a little bit about her youth. Do you do you know the exact like dialogue or exactly what she says to him? No, I don't. I don't. Okay, okay. I have to. I that's something that maybe I should have researched before we get into. Um, and then they, I, I, yeah, I don't quite uh, remember that. I mean, I'm not sure either. And so they get to they get to Twin Peaks. Takes her to her childhood house. Mm-hmm. Knocks on the door. It's not Sarah Palmer. They've never heard of anybody by that name. They ask, she's asking what I presume is her husband, who was the previous owner of the house, also was not right. the Palmers. Uh, so it appears that the Palmers never lived there. It seems like, or it's, or the key question that we get to that Coop asks, what year is it? Is right. it so far in one direction or the other, you know, the, is it the future or is it the past that it's yep. so far one way or the other that yep. it's been either decades since the Palmers have lived there or way before that they ever set foot in that house. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that's like pretty interesting because it's not like, 
I guess it to me, it, you know, timelines or whatever, but like, yeah, he might've just like, they may have just like, I, and I like feel like it's like a, a slide into um, an era and it, and you know, what year is it that they don't uh, uh, explain that. And yeah, it's like, who knows where we are in time. Right. Absolutely. Um, and in then this sort of slipstream. And then so it ends, it, um, it ends with you, you hear a crack, you hear a whisper in the wind uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying the name Laura. And then Cheryl Lee lets out an iconic ear piercing scream. House that scream is like she just bone chilling. And literally, I don't there's like it, she screams a few times in that last the last two episodes. I can't remember how many times. Oh, it's constant and in Fire Walk with it me, is too. Just fucking unnerving it is like i i don't know you know you know obviously there's the term the scream queens and i'm sure like there's a uh i you know i i don't know offhand but i'm sure hitchcock probably had one of his favorite um you know uh actresses who could scream and, and his own scream queen and i'm sure there's i'm sure some sort of horror site has broken that down in some way but like i don't think i've ever heard anything so like tragic and awful and like i just like would just bristle in this horrible way that like i i never heard anything like it and it's just really disturbing and upsetting it really is yeah and she's and she's bold like she's bold in that performance and it happens a lot in fire walk with me too like that scream is just like scary but also sad and like you said unnerving and you, you really Especially Firewalk with me, you really feel for that character. But anyway, getting back to this, she lets out the scream. House goes to black. You know the that David Lynch sound sound design. The lights just and then cut to black, and it's over. Does the house go away? I can't remember exactly. Or the house doesn't like go away. Eight? It just goes dark. It, it goes, goes dark. dark. Right. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look closely. That would be a good good question. Um, yeah, I like. I really want to like take a um like a you know like a microscope to these last two episodes again i just really want to watch them totally. because and, and we could practically do that and do another podcast because we did probably would just be more and more revelations well absolutely yeah this is the first you know you you have a great write-up over over at the playlist uh right now this is the first i'm unpacking it since watching it right like less than 12 hours ago so um yeah there's there's just there's a lot here and and i think it's like i said i think it's a good i'm i'm still i'm still struggling to come up with a full theory i do i do think it's a good parallel to firewalk with me um you know because i feel like there was a a if that was the last thing if this series never existed that that was a concrete end to that to the laura palmer character and to coop um but I feel, yeah, if anything like this, it's it's a uh, uh, his history. Their history is just doomed to repeat itself. Um, well, it's interesting, and, I, and maybe someone has said this, but you know, a lot of people see it as like that's the conclusion, and and it's, um, I guess, like this sort of nightmarish tragedy. Like you know, like they come out and they're they don't know who they are, or they're stuck in time, or they're trapped in time, and. But then, you know, she hears her name and she screams. So there's sort of then there is some sort of inner uh, recognition of who she is or who she used to be or something, something that like triggers her. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she 
is Carrie Page, but there's somewhere in there that she's also Laura Palmer. Um, but in a way, like maybe they come out the other side and it's like a rebirth. That's that also like, an interesting point because like we, we talked – the last time you and I talked was episode eight. And there's that – you know with the giant, there's that almost like the gold orb – thing yes. that that's like you know it, it like uh it's like the, I, I don't know why i think i think of like the feelings and inside out like the the orbs that uh mm, that use yeah. but, but anyway um so so there was that picture of laura palmer that arrived from that but that took place in like the 50s or the 60s um at least we're led to believe in that whole sequence and the other thing too from episode eight, we never know who the girl, who the the like the bug crawls into her. Like we don't know who that is. I know the long gestating fan theory is that that was Sarah Palmer, um, but I I don't know if there's any like, you know, there's no concrete evidence to say that. And so it, you know, maybe that was Laura Palmer in a younger sense, or like like a different iteration of her. And like you said, coming out the other side as somebody else coming out the other side, reincarnated. And that was the start of that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading, going further down the rabbit hole, but Hmm. I don't. And to be, I'll be completely honest. I don't quite even remember what we discussed and I don't remember episode eight that well. It's just been this big experiential wash all over me. So sure. um, But uh, there's so many places to go, but like, Okay, like what to you are like for me the key lines of of dialogue that sort of represent and I guess we were sort of talking about them, but like you know the line like the through the darkness of future past, um, is it future or is it past? The past dictates the future. Obviously, this is like a lot of you know thematic stuff going on, and it's sort of but again I think it's just too simple that like are we in this timeline of the future? Are we in this timeline of the past? Something about this. Uh, makes it feel more, I don't know, like a kind of like if time were, it's almost like it feels like to me, if time were like, like each decade was in line that, that there would, that the people in it would be a yo-yo that could like fly in and out of it in a way that would the lines would start to break down and totally no longer become lines. Well, if that kind of makes sense. It does make sense. And I think, thank you for bringing that up because there was one, because of how much there is to unpack. There's one thing I did want to bring up. Um, it's not a line necessarily, but the thing that sums up uh, this, this series and the, the, you know, the sort of doom to repeat the past deal is when, when Coop goes to see uh, Philip Jeffries, uh, teapot, Philip Jeffries, um, yeah. and he, he puts out the, uh, the symbol from the green ring, uh, that's like basically like Twin Peaks. It's two, two mountain shapes and it merges, it like changes into two lines and it makes a figure eight. And then a figure eight just keeps yeah. going in a loop, keeps going right. in circles. And then yeah. there was that little like notch on it that said, you know, this is, this is where you're headed. But if that's the road that you're headed to that destination, to that Judy destination, it, it's just just a circle, just two circles that keep intertwining and keep, you know, just keep just going. They're, they're never ending. 
Um, right, which speaks again sort of to like the the tragic loop that he might be in. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's sort of what I what I took from from that was when I saw that um, and went, oh, it's it's a it's a you know it's a feedback loop essentially. It's just going to keep going at, and and echoing. Yeah. So I guess in that sense you know, going back to a thread that I think we dropped is, is that um, it is a conclusion, right? Because it doesn't need to go any further on. At the same time, I felt like it's a new mystery that's open, or at least that's how I kind of felt at first, that it felt like, well, it didn't really end and it's, you see, you need to like figure out what's going on from here. But now, you know, that now that I've had more time to meditate on it, I really feel like I think this really is the end. And I don't think there's there needs to be any more but i really felt the exact opposite i didn't think of it as a cliffhanger at first but i thought okay like well this is opening the door to an, a, another new conversation and now i've come to completely like recant on that and feel like you know this is really the end because it's sort of like it, it would just reverberate on and on and on and it wouldn't and it wouldn't need to go on any further i would agree i don't think uh, i i feel like it's a definitive end you know i do feel yeah i do you know, think so now yeah because i know i know the original series that that was a cliffhanger like david lynch has has come out and said that um i remember i i've seen like the old like uh i think it was letterman or leno it was one of the late night shows when twin peaks was still on that David Lynch went on the show and was talking about, you know, trying basically trying to save it from getting the axe from cancellation. And that's why that series ended in a cliffhanger to kind of bait people back in to see what was happening. It obviously didn't work out that way. Um, well, it, 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 uh, it, uh, it produced, um, firewalk with me. It least. did. Yeah, it did. It did at least get that, um, for sure. You're right. But, um, but it didn't get another season until now. So that was, that was a deliberate cliffhanger. He said so himself, but I don't think, you know, I know Showtime has left the door open. If David Lynch said, Hey, I want to make another season, they will give him the green light. But I, I wouldn't hold my breath for that happening. I think, I think he's pretty much put the stamp, um, stamp on this, uh, universe. It is. Yeah. And if it ends right there, it is. And you have to think about it, that there's two seasons of a television show a movie that sort of like jumped around in time and then a series 25 years later, it is just utterly remarkable. This gigantic thing that he created, this, this epic scale thing that, that plays with time and, and reality and uh, this insane kind of like was David, I mean, David Lynch is obviously a genius, but you see the mad genius that was playing this like 25 year if we add up all the years, because it's, you know, it started in 91, it, like as a 27 year is like, did he have this insane long game in his mind? You know, I was don't he... know. That's a good and you question. Know what? I don't think he did. I don't think he ever knew where this was going. And what I love about this ending is that it feels much like what Cooper is doing is that he reinvented and jumped into the past of his own canon and recalibrated everything and created it to fit in in like reverse engineering what he had already created oh, i think that's a that i think that's a fantastic reading uh reading into that. because it's kind of like what cooper does right he goes into the past and he changes everything yeah and it's it, uh yeah i just sort of feel like that's how what he did because he's like here's the elements of what we have 
I don't think he had the long game because if there was a long time where he was like, we're never going to go back to Twin Peaks. Yeah, he done. said it was dead as a doornail was a direct yeah, absolutely. quote from him. <laughs> absolutely. And he said it more than once and, and he said he had zero plans to go back to it. Something somewhere, I'm assuming some sort of conversation with Mark Frost, sparked some side of thing about like, what about if we jumped into the past of this and created, you know what I mean, X. And who knows what that was because we'll never understand that conversation and we'll never know the concrete parts of it because, you know, they'll never reveal anything. But that's how I, I feel that they did it. And then just sort of like pieced together, they re-engineered jumping into the past of his canon to just sort of recreate and rebirth this new story. Totally. Um, I agree with that. I think it's also a good, like, like you said, by diving into the past and recalibrating it, I feel like it's a pretty good, like, it defies what we, it defies our expectation, I think, of nostalgia or, like, the danger of nostalgia. Um, <laughs> just because, like, you know, the, the, there's already a built-in nostalgia for this series just in and of itself existing. But by by going into the past and trying to recalibrate and trying to um and trying to change things like coop going and trying to change things and realizing maybe things were better left not changed maybe things were better staying in your past um and that's kind of like what ultimately happens to that character and i feel like that might be something that lynch and frost are are commenting on yeah, I still think at the same time, and, and I don't know exactly. I'm not trying to negate anything you said at all, but sure. but is uh, in, in, just as an observation, I feel like David Lynch is probably, I would assume, one of the least nostalgic people on the planet. I think he has zero nostalgia for Twin Peaks itself. Um, I think he unlocked something that told that that found him in a way that he could continue the story. But I think. I just don't feel him someone being like having this affection or nostalgia for uh, what he's created. I feel like um, something about him is not clinical and soulless, but something that that is beyond a kind of like, oh, yeah, I would love to revisit these characters. I think it's way beyond something like that. Oh, I would agree. I'm just saying that it's it's I, I don't think he's nostalgic. I'm just saying that like he's dealing with other people's nostalgia i don't think right. he, yeah i, no, I, no, I agree I'm, I'm with not even you saying I, did. i'm just sure clarifying or, or or yeah just uh an observation of mine i feel like oh i would agree i don't think he's overly nostalgic by any sense of the word right yeah um but but um, i do think but i think there's something not like i mean he there is something a little bit clinical but i feel like especially rewatching fire walk with me there's there's kind of a I don't know. I feel like he cares about that character in particular, about the Laura Palmer character. True, um, true. Yes, yes. I mean, he definitely has a lot of. Yeah, that that's a good point. That's definitely a good point. But um, but yeah, in terms of like revisiting, like you said, he he said it was dead multiple times, and then coincidentally, when when uh, Laura tells Coop in the Black Lodge, "I'll see you again in twenty five years." here we are like 26 years later, but still nevertheless, right? which, which is insane. Right. When you think about it, it, it's like, because again, he had no intentions and then all of a sudden somehow I, I'm pretty, I'm convinced that something that Mark Frost had something to do with it. That, I think that so. Came. Because I think... the other thing is like, and I don't know if you're that hardcore about it, which I assume you're not. There's like seven novels. I have of, the like... secret history at twin peaks novel. Uh, so oh, by my nightstand here. Yep. <laughs> have you read it? 
I've read some of it. I haven't finished it yet. But there's isn't there like isn't there like seven novels there's in total? A lot. There's a secret diary. There's a secret diary of Laura Palmer. Yeah. Um, there's like another one. There's a new one coming out. The final yep, dossier. The yeah, the final dossier that's coming out in October, written by Mark Frost, and and you know obviously they time that to to come out a few months later, so people would have time to catch up with um with Twin Peaks, and who knows what that's going to do. The final dossier, maybe maybe that's going to like just put a a cap on the whole thing, and that'll be done. I think that would be great. Honestly, I I don't think we need um. You know, I don't think we need to belabor the point of something any further. I, I think I think Lynch and Frost got here. You know, they I think they both felt there was still story to be told. Uh, and clearly there there were by this amazing 18 episode run. But I don't think we need to belabor the point any further. If 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 what we think about this time, like the, the, the history repeating itself turns out to be what they were going for, then it would just repeat itself again and again and again. And there'd be no reason to belabor the point. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Do you have any other closing thoughts? We've been going on for like 45 minutes here. We got, have we really, I feel like we just scratched the surface and I feel like there's (laughs) so many more places we can go. I would love to, maybe, maybe this should be it, but uh, I don't think we should rule out another podcast on this, another conversation and maybe bring in some other people because this is just, it's so dense. And, and, and to anybody who happens to be listening to this, that's not, that didn't really watch the show because there's no really spoilers. That's spoiler doesn't really exist in David Lynch's world. Right. Right. I mean, we, we explained can't... the plot of the last two episodes and even then right, but that we didn't doesn't really, mean anything, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's no such thing as a spoiler really. You know what I mean? Because there's no kind of crystal definition to anything anyhow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like there's such more, there's more to explore more, uh, I don't want to say theories, but just more angles to, 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 um, look at it. And I also love to maybe even spend some time thinking about everything of all the dangling threads and things that were sort of left open and what will happen with those or, or, you know, um, if anything at all, or if they'll always just be left up in the wind, which is, you know, could be because that's totally something that David Lynch would do, or if it's going to be, um, you know, referenced in the the dossier or something like, you know, it's funny. I would never read any of those kinds of things. They just don't interest me, but now I'm, I'm certainly going to have to read the final dossier. And now I'm actually so I'm becoming so obsessed with it. I think I may have to read that secret, uh, secret history of, of twin peaks. I recommend it. It's, I mean, like I said, I still need to finish it, but it's, there's a lot of interesting, uh, stuff in it so far. Um, and for most things I'm right there in your corner. I'm that stuff usually doesn't interest me, but this this like I I mentioned this on episode eight. I'll mention it again. This is my this is my favorite show of all time. This is my favorite television show. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm I, I hate to use the word obsessed, but yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with it. So uh, <laughs> I I, th- I think if we would rewind back to episode eight and you would say, is it your favorite ep- thing of TV of all time? I probably would have said absolutely not. And now I'm thinking like, yeah, yeah, probably is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you know, it it sort of defies. It defies television. It defies cinema. Lynch himself has said this is an 18-hour movie. Um, it just, yeah, it defies any sort of storytelling convention, and it's just pretty mind-blowing that um, that he that he was able to pull this off 
uh, and that sh- and that Showtime let him do it. I know they we talked about this too. They gave him the money up front to do whatever he wanted, but it's just yeah, it uh, just still blows my mind. It, it blows your mind further when you finish this thing and you realize, oh my god, the money that they sank into this and how groundbreaking and and crazy it is for Showtime to put money into something like this when you when you you know see the whole picture and um, just like how experimental it is and just how it's such a bold move on their part. Obviously, a bold move on his part and. Um, and to think it almost fell apart in 2016. Yeah, well, they or 2000, were give 2015, I think. The budget he wanted, uh, and and he was gonna walk, and uh, he did. He walked on yeah, Twitter. That's true. He did walk. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was a, a bargaining technique or what, but he like at one point tweet, tweeted out that like you know Showtime and I have not come to agreement, so I'm not going to be doing this. Thanks for having interest in it. And then that seemed like it was it. And Showtime, it seems like panicked. And like came back and was like gave him whatever he wanted because like two months later it was like Twin Peaks is back on. But I remember when I was reporting stories of like, oh my God, like Twin Peaks just fell apart. Yeah, I do remember that happening. My heart kind of sank a little bit because I'm like, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have watched it. I mean, maybe I would have, that's naive, but like I, I, I wouldn't have had much interest if he wasn't involved with it in any oh, way. Oh yeah. Would, absolutely. It would I absolutely. feel like it would have been that like nostalgia fest like fuller house arrested development season four whatever you want to call it like nightmare version of what this could have been um i don't know i mean we're so like i don't want to sound corny but we're blessed to have this guy wasn't making movies anymore right he left yeah and he like so he claimed anyhow and he he didn't make a movie in 11 years and then all of a sudden comes back and he regurgitates you know no regurgitates the wrong word because it's like that's it's connotates recycling but he just like a lack of a better word barfs up this whole like thing that's been inside of him 18 hours of of this immense epic spellbinding story it's like uh we're blessed to have david lynch and we're blessed to have him back yeah absolutely and i i hope he continues to do work whether whether he chooses to revisit twin peaks whether it's a new tv show or a new movie, um, you know, as much as this is re-energized and, 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 uh, you know, given us our, you know, at least for me, not that my interest in David Lynch never left, it never left, but the, you know, just, just got me re-excited for his work. Yeah. I hope absolutely. that's happened for a lot of people and it got him re-excited back into his work too. And, and I hope so. I hope this like sort of galvanizes, recharges him and, and makes him, um, uh, think about new things that he could, that he could do that he could tackle i'm certainly feeling like just random things just like um i I really want to revisit lost highway now um and that has to me almost nothing to do with any of this but maybe it does like we've been talking there are similar patterns and themes oh big time um and 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 for whatever reason i really want to revisit lost highway maybe because i didn't necessarily love it at the time I didn't, um, I didn't necessarily love it the first time I saw it. Um, yeah. but I've, I've seen it a few times since I actually, the Seattle, uh, the SIF center did a retrospective of David Lynch back mm-hmm. in, back in, uh, May. And, uh, I went and saw it, um, went and saw it at the Egyptian here in Seattle and, uh, it was great. I, I didn't see it in the theater, so it was nice to, to see it on the big screen. It was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm also just thinking once again, I mentioned this in my review a little bit, but like maybe some of this was like some sort of, um, I just keep thinking about deja vu and the sensation and the phenomenon of it. 
and how somehow it's a little bit of, of what David Lynch is playing with the way deja vu transports you and your memory. Um, and this feeling of like, have I been here before? Or if you really think of that, was I ever here Was someone else here? Is this another dimension to who I maybe am or I am? You know what I mean? It's like when you really think about deja vu and in a more, in a less linear way than that, like I remember this happening to me again, but wait, where was, you know what I mean? I don't know. It just, um, it just tickles my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, me, me too. It's, it's, um, yeah, it just, it's just overflowing. It's overflowing with ideas, overflowing with the things he's trying to tackle. I, I think that's interesting. Um, certainly yeah. like def certainly there because you know, we, I mentioned the, uh, you know, mentioned the Julie Cruz song and the, the white horse and, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, it's kind of there in the background, not necessarily in the form it was seen the first time, but was seen nonetheless. And so there, you know, there's that aspect of was, yeah, was I, was I here before? Or like you said, was I ever really here? Um, yeah. Sorry. If it sounds version, like I'm rambling. Or, it's oh, or go what ahead. version of what version of me was there. Right. Like, you know, how can I be two places <laughs> in time or is time just, the concept of it, something that I could never understand. Absolutely. Um, so, sorry, an, sorry an, if there's rambling. It's just that my brain is, is just broken no, from this I, I whole hope, thing. I hope that I hope anyone listening doesn't feel like we're completely rambling because I feel like this is what, how you have to um, uh, unpack it or grapple with it is something you just can't really um, – it's not something you can pin down easy. I don't think anyone should have expected easy answers from this. I hope people are open to – what should be, I think, the thrill of their confusion. Right. Um, I, I kind of called it in, in my review the, the sort of like the, the the exhilarating sort of ecstasy of the unknowable. There's something – there's just something like gobsmacking, something like beautiful, um, and, and even in not understanding any of it. And then going back in time in your mind and kind of like digesting it a little bit. And how it sort of um, starts to settle a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you understand it in the way that you understand it. And that is essentially the answer to what Twin Peaks is. Like your understanding of Twin Peaks is the understanding of Twin Peaks. It's just that everybody has an understanding. Of it. I think uh, I think that's – yeah, I think that's incredibly profound. I think that might even be a good – might even be a good spot to wrap uh, up, <laughs> up, up, up. Might even be a good spot to wrap up here. Um, Maybe the, it's a good spot to just end everything. Just end it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, yeah, I, th I think we're at that good spot. I feel like there was one like last uh, note um, I was going to say. Oh, it was just on that. I, I'm with you in that the, the ending thrilled me. And moved me uh, in a way that when episode 17 started, you, you know, you mentioned that exposition dump. Mm -hmm. At first, I was mildly concerned because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, this isn't no, this isn't what you're going <laughs> to do. Um, and then that was pretty much it, really. Just that that one like, oh, here's this piece of information that I held from you. And then just a hour and 45 minute symphony of bizarro weirdness from there. So 
Um, yeah, no, that that uh, that unpacking little expository dump certainly didn't hurt that show. And in fact, it was probably incredibly necessary for us to be able to like grasp um, what we what we could what we could grasp at all. Totally, I would agree. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for logging on, chat. And like like we said, I think we have to have another episode to just to to unpack the unpacking, uh, so to speak. Yeah, certainly. I'm going to certainly marinate on it. I'm probably going to watch episodes 17 and 18 again, which I don't think I've ever, I can't remember the last time I rewatched something almost immediately. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll see from there if uh, our brains still uh, are leaking uh, ideas and, and thoughts and fluids, sort of like the guy in the jail with the bleedy face. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good good way to put it. Well, thanks thanks for logging on, chatting. This was, this was yeah, therapeutic. Of yep. <laughs> cathartic and therapeutic all right all right thanks man thank you find this and all other playlist podcast shows including adjust your tracking binge worthy and over under movies on the playlist.net you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud and stitcher leave us a comment or a rating if you feel so inclined thank you for listening and we'll see you next time